الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فلما بلغ معه السعي قال يا بني اني ارى في المنام اني اذبحك فانظر ماذا ترى قال يا ابت افعل ما تؤمر ستجدني ان شاء الله من الصابرين صدق الله العظيم most respected ulama elders beloved brothers last week we had mentioned that allah tabarak wa taala had tested ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam in various ways Allah Ta'ala says وَإِذِ ابْتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ Remember the time when the Rabb of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam He tested him with various commands Then Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam passed with flying colors Some commentators of Quran have said that 10 tests Allah Ta'ala had put Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam through And others have said up to 30 tests Allah Ta'ala put Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam through But when he passed these tests with flying colors, then Allah Ta'ala says, إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا I will make you an imam for mankind, O Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So various tests Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam went through. One particular test that we will discuss today <coughs> of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was in regards to the aspect of Qurbani. That the wife of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Hazrat Sarah, it is mentioned, there's great details to this also, but very briefly we'll mention this much. that the wife of Sarah, one king, had taken hold of her. And he had evil intentions to, he wanted to fulfill his desire in the haram way with Hazrat Sarah. But immediately she started performing salah, she made wudu, she read two rakats of namaz, and then she made dua to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. So the moment she made dua to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, this oppressive king, <coughs> he started choking, and he started kicking his leg in the ground. So she made dua to Allah Ta'ala that Allah let him go Allah. If he has to die in this condition, the people are going to say that I killed the king. So Allah Ta'ala accepted the dua, she was set free. The second occasion, the same thing happened. The moment he was set free, he went back towards her. Again, she read namaz, she made dua to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala set the king free again. And the third time this happened. When it happened on the third occasion, then the king said that, Wallahi ma arsaltum ilayya illa shaytana. That I take a qasam in the name of Allah. You have not sent to me except a shaitan. This is a shaitan that you have sent to me. This narration comes in Bukhari Sharif. That this who you have sent to me is a shaitan. Take away from here. So she was sent away back to Ibrahim a.s. But when the king sent her away, then the king gave her a slave girl by the name of Hajar. He said that this is a gift that I am giving to you. So this was the gift that was given to Hazrat Sarah. Hazrat Sarah, she took this gift and she gave it to Ibrahim a.s. And from this union of Hazrat Ibrahim a.s. and Hazrat Hajar, <coughs> Allah Ta'ala blessed them with a child, Hazrat Ismail a.s. 
So when Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam was born now, and he was a little child, at that time Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala instructed Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam, yeah, another test comes, that take this child of yours and go and leave this child in the barren lands of Makkah al-Mukarramah. Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam came down, and Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam took them to the lands of Makkah al-Mukarramah. As they were going to the lands of Makkah Sharif, it is mentioned Ibrahim alayhi salam sees some greenery on the side. So he tells Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, let us settle down over here. There's some greenery here. He says, this is not your destination. They go a little further. Again, he finds greenery. He says that, let us settle down over here. Jibreel alayhi salam says, this is not your destination. Until finally they came to the area where Kaaba Sharif was to be built. When they came to this particular area, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam says that, now this is your destination, which Allah wa ta'ala has appointed for you. At that time in Makkah Sharif, not a single blade of grass was growing in Makkah al-Mukarramah. No vegetation in Makkah al-Mukarramah. No water in Makkah al-Mukarramah. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam settles down with his wife, Hazrat Hajar, and that little baby, Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam. What does he leave them with? He leaves them with one packet. In that one packet, there's just a few dates, just a few dates in that packet and a little bit of water. And really, how long are those dates going to last? How long is that water going to last? And that child was breastfeeding at that time as well. So he leaves them here in Makkah al-Mukarramah and he settles down. Whilst he is still there, the next command of Allah Ta'ala comes. The command of Allah Ta'ala is leave this barren land. Now go towards Sham. Ibrahim Islam, what obedience to Allah Ta'ala. He woke up there and there. And immediately he starts walking towards Sham. So the wife asked him, Ila aina ya Sayyidi, oh my master, where are you going? Ibrahim Islam doesn't respond. How is he going to tell his wife, I have to leave you, I have to leave this little child in the barren lands of Makkah and I have to go to Sham. She asked for the second time, Ila aina ya Sayyidi, oh my master, where are you going? For the second time she puts the question. Again, Ibrahim Islam does not respond. Then she realizes, perhaps this is the command of Allah wa ta'ala. So she asked that, that Allah ta'ala command you that we must remain behind in the barren lands of Makkah Sharif and you must move away from here. Then he said, Naam, this is the command of Allah ta'ala. According to one narration, she said, If this is the command of Allah, that you must leave us over here, Allah ta'ala will not destroy us. There's no need for, for you to worry. And according to another narration, what did she say? Raditu billah. I am happy with the decision of Allah. Allah's decision, I must live in the barren lands of Makkah. I'm happy with that decision of Allah Ta'ala also. I will live in the barren lands of Makkah al-Makarramah. This is what we call Rada bil Qada, a very, very high stage. What we call Taslim, what we call Tafweer, that we hand over all our matters to Allah. In whatever condition Allah keeps us in, Allah, we are happy. This is your decision, Allah. A person that has this, he won't have problems in life. So nevertheless, she said, Radi to Billah, I'm happy with the decision of Allah. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam leaves. He makes dua for them. And then Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam leaves and he goes towards Sham. It is mentioned, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, then Ibrahim alayhi Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, he grew up, and a qawmi amalika, the tribe of amalika, they came and settled down. There's a lot of history behind this, but there's no time to go into the detail. So the tribe of amalika, they came and settled down over here. And they took care of Ibrahim alayhi salatu, Ismail alayhi salam, they educated Ismail alayhi salam. <coughs> and he grew up to a very fine young boy. It is mentioned, but Allah Ta'ala would command Ibrahim Islam occasionally that now you must go back to Makkah Sharif. See what is the condition of your wife. See what is the condition of your child. So occasionally he would come and he would visit Hazrat Hajar and Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam. Then finally came the time which Allah Ta'ala mentioned in this verse that I have recited. When Ibrahim alayhi salatu, Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam reached that age, where Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, he was able to now run about. 
Some Mufassirin of the Quran say he reached the age of 13 years old. And others say that he reached the age of Bulu when he became Balik. A child, the maximum for a boy when he becomes Balik, the latest point is when he is 15 years old. So either he was 13 years old, either he was 15 years old. But he had reached that age where he could run around. Now he could move with his father. He was of support to his father. And normally a father, he enjoys his son at that particular age. When he reached this age, then Allah Taala shows the dream to Ibrahim Alayhi salam. So what dream? He says, Fala ya bunayya inni arafil manam. That, oh my beloved son, that verily I see in a dream, anni azbahuk, that I am slaughtering you. Allah Ta'ala could have sent Jibreel alayhi salam. Go and give Ibrahim alayhi salam the command that you must slaughter your son Ismail alayhi salam. But Allah Ta'ala didn't give the command via Jibreel alayhi salam. Allah Ta'ala showed Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam in the dream. Why? Allah Ta'ala wanted to see what is the level of submission of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Is he going to obey this command of mine? The, the, the dreams of the Anbiya alayhi salatu salam, this is also wahi. And three days, Ibrahim alayhi salam, consecutively three days he had this dream. So he came to his son and he says, Oh my son, that this is the dream that I have. And a dream also, it can be interpreted in different ways. For example, Muhammad bin Sirin was the master, was an expert of dreams. One person came to Allama Sirin and he told Allama Sirin, I seen a dream that there's fire coming out of my house. So Allama Sirin told him, he says that dig over there. Where you see the fire, dig in that particular area and you'll find treasure. When he dug in that particular area, he found treasure. Another person came a little later than that, and then he told Allah Masirin Rahmatullah the same dream. He says, I see fire in my house. Allah Masirin Rahmatullah told him, you move out, your house is going to burn down. So somebody asked Allah Masirin Rahmatullah, he said, how come? Same dream, two people came out. One you said fire, the other one you said treasure. He said, the one that came, in the, uh, the one that came to me, where I told him there's treasure, he came in the months of winter. And in the months of winter, every person likes fire. So I told him that you'll find treasure. See, this is a complete field on its own. And the other person came in the month of summer. So because he came in the month of summer, I told him, you move away. Because in summer, people run away from fire. So Ibrahim والسلام, could have interpreted this deem in a different way. But he fulfilled the command of Allah. He asked his son, yeah, he told his son, that inni arafil manami anni azbahu fandur madha tara. That you consider matter. Madha tara, what is your opinion in the matter? Yeah, when he asked his son, that consider what is your opinion in the matter? It didn't, doesn't mean that he gave Ismail والسلام, a choice. Again here, it was a test from the father to the son. The father is testing the level of iman of his son. That is he ready to fulfill the command of Allah wa ta'ala. Today we're living in a time where the child comes to us and the child says that I don't want to go madrasa any longer. Or I don't want to do his class any longer. So what does the father say? The parents will say, no, don't push the child. Let the child leave. He doesn't want to do it. It's his choice. Don't push the child. Whereas this is a matter of deen. In the matters of deen, we should encourage them. We should say, right, never mind, leave the cell phone one side. We will take out the TV from the house. We will help you in your hips class so that you complete your hips. He's becoming an alim of deen. One or two years he's completed. He says, now I don't want to do it. That is not the time to tell the child that, no, we support you. Fine, you don't want to do it. Leave it out for now. At that time, we encourage him. See the other children, how they have completed. How many have become hufaz? How many have become ulama? Support them and then take them further. Today we have come, we're living in a time where a young girl, she gets married. She's just married for a matter of a couple of months also. Sometimes it's a matter of weeks also. And the young girl comes home, there's no real problem. But she tells the parents that I don't want to go back. And when the parents are sitting there, you ask the parent, what is your opinion? What you feel about the matter? What the parents say? We support the decision of our daughter. And we, they bring the girl back into the home. Whereas in the previous time, what the parents would say? That you're going, you're married now, your janaza must come out of that home. You make your home. They would go through some difficulty, some hardship. And Allah Ta'ala will bring the days of happiness also. 
So here Ibrahim Islam didn't give, the, give his son a choice. But Ibrahim wanted to see what is the position of the iman of my son. So therefore he said that inni arau anni maza tara, that you see that what is your opinion. Another reason the commentators say that Ibrahim put this question to his son. Because Anbiya Musalam 100% they fulfill the command of Allah. But the method that they use, they use the easiest method in fulfilling the command of Allah. If Allah Ta'ala commanded slaughter your son and he just took his son and he went to slaughter him, how difficult would it be? His son wouldn't know what is going on. My father just wants to slaughter me. So Ibrahim Islam mentally, he pre- prepared Ismail Islam. See, you also think about it. What is your opinion in the matter? And then we'll see. So the son, he was the son of Khalilullah. And he was from his progeny. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was to come. What did he say? He said, Ya Abatif al-Mat Umar. Oh my beloved father, that do whatever you have been commanded. What is the command of Allah? The command of Allah Ta'ala comes first. You do whatever you have been commanded. And then he said, Satajiduni insha'allahu min as Soon you will find me if Allah Ta'ala wishes. Here we learn adab. That what did he say? He didn't say that I'm, he said if Allah Ta'ala wishes, then I will be from the patient ones. He didn't say I'm patient. He said if Allah Ta'ala wishes. So immediately he attributed it to Allah. This is adab. And then he said, Minas tabirin, that there are many other people that have sabr. Many other people that are patient in the world. I'm, inshallah, you will find me also from amongst those other people that have patient as well. He didn't have a dawah. He didn't have a claim that I'm a great person. He said, inshallah, you will find me amongst them. There's humility in this. So it is mentioned, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. He took this beloved son of his, Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam. And now he starts proceeding towards Mina. As he is going towards Mina, taking his son to go and slaughter his son, Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, shaitan comes to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And shaitan tries to prevent Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam three times. Where are you taking your son to go and slaughter this young boy? So Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam takes seven pebbles and he throws it at shaitan. He pelts shaitan with it. So this happened three times. So therefore we find that this sunnah of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, this will continue right until the day of Qiyamah. For the hajis, when they go for hajj, they will also use the seven pebbles and they will uh, they will pelt the jamarat, the shayateen that are in Mina. This is the sunnah of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam walks with his son Ismail alayhi salam. And when they come to the area where they've been commanded now to slaughter, they come to that particular area. So the son Ismail alayhi he tells his father, oh my beloved father that I have a few requests. So the father asked that, what are your requests, oh my son? So he said, firstly, he said, tie me up properly. Don't, it should not be that I'm restless and I start moving about. Make sure that you tie me up properly. That was the first request that he made to his father. The second request he made to his father, he said, oh my father, that be careful of my clothes, that my blood must not spill onto my clothes. If my blood has to spill onto my clothes and these clothing are taken to my mother her grief will be renewed when she will see all the blood that is on the clothes so that was the second request that he made the third request that he made to his father he said oh my beloved father make sure that that knife is very sharp and when you slaughtering slaughter me slip me very very quickly because the pangs of death are very very difficult and then the fourth thing he said that my clothing after you have slaughtered me take my clothing to my mother that perhaps my mother she will take some comfort by having my clothing the father he told Ismail he said oh my beloved son you are helping me in fulfilling the command of Allah at that time his love he was not overpowered by his love but what he said you're helping me in fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala. he kissed his son and then he cried and he started then tying his son up it comes in some tarikh, in some historic narration that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he first put his son onto his back, on flat on his back. And when he put him on his back, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam started slaughtering. As he is slaughtering, imagine how sharp a knife is. 
and how delicate is the skin of a Nabi of Allah Taala? He starts slaughtering, but the knife is not slaughtering. So Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam speaks to the knife. The command of Allah Taala to Ibrahim alayhi salam was izbah that you slaughter, and the command of Allah Taala to the knife was la tazbah that you do not slaughter. So Ibrahim alayhi salam asked the knife that what's the problem with you? Why aren't you slaughtering? So the knife speaks, and the knife tells Ibrahim alayhi salam that you do what is your job. Let me do what is my job. Allah's command to you is to slaughter. You slaughter. Allah's command to me is that I mustn't slaughter. I will not slaughter. It comes in a narration that Allah Taala put copper between the knife and between the neck of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So as he was slaughtering, he was unable. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was unable to slaughter Ismail alayhi salam. Now Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, he sees that my father is slaughtering, but my father is unable to slaughter. So what he did, he told his father that, oh my father, listen, that because my face is in your direction, you can see my face. So because of the love that you have for me, you're not slaughtering me. So he said, oh my father, turn me around. Let my forehead come onto the ground. And then you slaughter me, oh my beloved father. And I also won't be restless in this manner. So Allah Ta'ala says, Falamma aslama. When both father and son, aslama, they became Muslims. They submitted to the will of Allah Ta'ala. Allah's command was to slaughter. They both submitted to the will of Allah Ta'ala. And he placed him on his forehead. Jabin actually refers to the forehead. And some commentators say Jabin refers to the side. Abdullah bin Abbas says that Ibrahim put Ismail on the ground in such a manner that the side was on the ground and the forehead was also touching the ground. So he put him on his forehead. And then Ibrahim started slaughtering. When he started slaughtering, then the call came. Ibrahim. That we call to Ibrahim Islam that oh Ibrahim, that the dream that you had seen, you have made that dream a reality. It is mentioned Ibrahim Islam heard some noises above. When he looked up, he sees Hazrat Jibreel and Jibreel has come with a ram from Jannah. This ram was pure, pure white in color. And it is mentioned the horns of this ram were huge horns. The eyes of this ram, huge eyes. Allah Ta'ala had sent this from Jannah. It is mentioned according to narration, when the two sons of Adam salam, Habil and Kabil, when they had the dispute, Habil at that time, he slaughtered an animal. And that animal that Habil had slaughtered, in those days, the fire would come down. I mentioned this last week also. The fire would come down and the qurbani of that person would be accepted. So the fire came down and Habil's qurbani was accepted. That ram was then transferred into Jannah. And that ram remained in Jannah right up to the time of this qurbani. When Ibrahim Islam was slaughtering his son, Jibreel came down with that ram from Jannah which Habil had slaughtered. And that ram, he was commanded that now slaughter that ram. That is why Allah Ta'ala said, Inna hadha lahu al-bala'ul mubin. This was a clear test that we put Ibrahim through. And we ransomed him with a great sacrifice. What is the great sacrifice? That is that great ram, that huge ram that Allah Ta'ala sent from Jannah. That was the great sacrifice. It is mentioned uh, in certain kitabs of tafsir. I think Murana Idrisa Kandalvi has mentioned it. He said, actually, when a person is slaughtering that animal on the occasion of Qurbani, it is as though a person is slaughtering his child. He gets the reward as though he is slaughtering his own child. If a person does the Qurbani properly, this is the reward Allah wa ta'ala has in, in, uh, in, for making Qurbani. It is mentioned in the previous times. In the previous times, in the time of, I think, perhaps it was Harun or Rashid or one of the other kings. So one person, he wanted to go to visit the king of the time. So when he wanted to visit the king of the time, he said, let me take some hadiyah and let me go and give this hadiyah to the king of the time. 
So he thought to himself, he's living in a jungle. He was a Bedouin. He was a villager. So he said, what hadiyah can I take for the king? So he thought to himself, he says, in the jungle here, you don't get fresh water. So let me gather some fresh water, put it into a pitcher, and I will take this for the king as a hadiyah. He'll get fresh water to drink. So he took some fresh water, he put it into this container, and he closed it, and then he traveled all the way to Baghdad. When he came to Baghdad, and he came to the king, obviously when they would have a request, they would give this hadiyah first to the king. So when he came to the king, then he told the king, I brought hadiyah for you. So the king asked him, what hadiyah have you brought for me? So he said, I brought fresh water from the jungle for you. Now after so many days of traveling through the desert, he came to the king and he brought this water. When they opened it, there was so much of stench that they couldn't even tolerate it. But nevertheless, the king didn't say anything. What the king said, that throw it away, throw the water away. And he said, keep him here in the palace, let him stay here in the palace. And he filled that container with gold coins, with ashrafis, with gold coins. And then he said that, give him these gold coins. And when he is leaving, when he is ready to go back to his village, then take him under the palace, the Tigris River. The river is flowing under the palace of the king. Let him go in the boat through that river and then let him go home. So they filled that, that, that container with the gold coins. They took him, they put him in the boat when he was ready to leave. And they took him in the, through the route that was under the river, uh, uh, under the palace through the river. When he is going through the river, he is now thinking to himself that I brought water from the jungle. And what was the condition of that water? And what the king has, fresh water under his palace. Yet he never rejects me, he accepted me. And he gave me hadiyah on top of that. Exactly the same way we understand that the qurbani we are making for Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The animal is Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The qurbani is for him. It is not the flesh that reaches Allah. Not the blood that reaches Allah. It is your taqwa that reaches Allah. So Allah Ta'ala did not need of the meat. But Allah, the meat was for Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. After Allah Ta'ala has accepted it, Allah Ta'ala gives it to us. It is mentioned the same kings when anybody would come with something precious, a precious, some precious jewelry and they will offer it to the king and then put the request before the king. The king would place his hand on it and he wouldn't accept it. He'll say, you more in need than what I am in need. So he would put his hand on it. The moment he puts his hand, it's an indication the king has accepted it and then he gives it back to the person that brought that gift. So exactly the same way, Allah is not in need of the meat. Allah is not in need of anything. Allah Ta'ala has so to say put his hand. Allah has accepted it and Allah Ta'ala gives it back to us that you enjoy this meal. I'll just finish off on this. Shaykh Al-Hind Rahmatullahi Mawlana Mahmud Al-Hassan Sahib Rahmatullahi the great Shaykh Al-Hadith of Darlum Dioban. It is mentioned he used to buy his Qurbani animal one year in advance. When one Qurbani will come to an end, immediately after that, he will buy his Qurbani animal. And that cow of his, he will look after. When he goes to teach Bukhari Sharif, the cow used to go with him and used to wait at the gate of Darlum Dioban. He used to go inside, he used to teach Bukhari Sharif. In the afternoon when he's returning home, the cow would come home. Now when a person remains with his Qurbani animal in that way, how attached doesn't a person become to that animal? So you become attached to the animal in that way. And when it is one or two weeks left now for Qurbani, he wouldn't feed the animal grass anymore. What would he buy? Now he will go and get milk for the animal. And he will buy jalebi. And he used to give that animal jalebi because Allah Ta'ala says, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ You will never attain virtue until you spend what you love. He loved this animal. So he bought the best for the animal. And then he will put mendi on 
on the animal. And then he will put flowers on the animal. In our understanding, we will say that there was no need for all this. He went overboard. But this is to show how he valued that Qurbani. He would do all this. And on the day of Qurbani, when he would slaughter that animal, he would cry. That now after one year, you have to part from this animal. When he was put into prison in Malta, it is mentioned in Malta, two things that he had a lot of grief used to go through. One was that on the day of Jumu'ah, he couldn't go for Jumu'ah Salah. So he used to take a ghusl. He used to put on his clothing and he used to come to the gates of the prison. And he would say, Ya Allah, that I've been put into prison unjustly. I'm oppressed. This much I can do, I can come to the gate. I have come to the gate. Further than this, I can't do anything. And he would then go back. And the second thing, when it was time of Qurbani, he couldn't understand that I'm not slaughtering an animal, I'm in prison. So he sent a request to the department and he told them that allow me to at least make my Qurbani. With such effect, they read that, that, that they were so affected by that letter, but immediately they consented. They said you can make Qurbani. So even whilst he was in prison, as a Sheikh Hind Rahmatullah, he made his Qurbani as well. So this Qurbani, our seniors, they really appreciated Qurbani. It's a great act of ibadat. And the moment that Eid would be over, he will buy his Qurbani animal for the next Eid. Allah Ta'ala give us all tawfiq that appreciate this Qurbani, do the Qurbani properly, do it with a happy heart that I'm going to be rewarded for this in the court of Allah. And if you do it with love, it is, you're getting the reward as though a person is slaughtering his own child. Also tomorrow, inshallah, takbirat al-tashriq will start from the Fajr Salah. And tomorrow is the day of Arafah in South Africa, the 9th of Zul-Hijjah. So we should try and fast. This will be a means of forgiveness for the past year's sin and the future year's sin. Allah Ta'ala give us all tawfiq, inshallah.